BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Ramsey. It's level three. What a wild night of football. Wild weekend of football. There's been so much talk about the college football playoffs and the controversy. And you had a bunch of, you know, you had seven teams, eight teams for four spots, so to speak. Very similar situation this year in a National Football League. And sort of like the Otani watch and Otani sweepstakes, just when you think you know. I mean, look, the Miami Dolphins were 13.5, 14-point favorites tonight. I, I thought the Dolphins were Super Bowl contenders. I was like, you know what? The way the AFC is playing out, they can get home field. They can win two games outscoring teams, and they can go to the Super Bowl, and then they lose as 13.5-point uh, favorites. It's a wild league. As I say, who in a million years would have imagined the Denver Broncos would come into this weekend one game back in first place behind the Kansas City Chiefs only? Uh, so much stuff going on, Kurtz, including Otani. So it was a bombshell deal, $700 million. And now tonight we have part two of the blockbuster that The Athletic reported that $680 million of the contract is deferred from 2033 through like 2043. He's literally going to get $2 million a year from the Dodgers cash, literally $2 million. And he's going to get $680 million when basically over a 10, over an eight year span or whatnot after. Um, it's not against the rules, George. So I saw everyone bitching about it. Well, they can't do this. And oh, it's not fair. It's, you know, I retweeted it. I'm sure you saw the Jeff Passon tweet in which it was a quote from the collective bargaining agreement in which it said there's no limit, right? Whether it's $100 or $100 million or $700 million, George, you can defer what you want. They should have put it in writing. Listen, I think it was a great job. Uh, and apparently, Otani recommended this, that he wanted the Dodgers to do this. It lets you know that Otani wants to win, right? Now, don't get me wrong. He makes about 40 to $50 million a year in endorsements. So we're not taking up a collection for Otani. He'll be just fine here. But it lets you know he wants to win. It also, the first thing I thought it was, wow, he wants to do nothing but play baseball for 10 years. And then he's going to have a party when he retires to spend money like there's no tomorrow, right? Because he'll have all that money coming to him each year. He's got but good $680 for him. million dollars waiting for him. <laughs> Not bad. 60, 80 year plus all time he's uh, done right now with Taylor Swift uh, for crying out loud. Uh, but good for him. Uh, I have no problem with it. None. 
right? Not many players would do this, George. He wants the team to win. I understand wanting to win and stuff, but would you defer that much? I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, I can't defer 600. Much. I'd be like, you got to get, I'll, I'll, I'll take five and you guys, you know, I'll eat two. You can give me 200 million in 10 years, but like, maybe half. People, oh, can we talk at the half? 350? Because people say, oh, this is going to change everything, but there's very few people that be willing to do this, George, because very few people make as much money off the field as he does already. Right. He makes 40 to $50 million a year in endorsements, which is probably going to get crazy. higher now. And now it's going to be more because he's with the Dodgers. Like his brand yep. just went up. Yep, yep. So he doesn't, and he doesn't it's need cool, that isn't it, that they're playing in March too? We don't have to wait. March 20th, his debut <laughs> in I Asia. I honestly in, in don't Korea. know, Gabe. I don't know. And in, uh, it's part of the Otani. I'm a baseball fan. So Otani, yes. I want to see Otani with Betts, with Freeman, uh, Yankees with Soto. But I don't know if I've ever been this jazzed for a baseball season. I, I, it's December 12th here, and I can't wait for baseball to start. And there's still more to come. Yamamoto, the Kung Hu Lee, Cody Ballinger. There's still a lot of stuff that could happen. Yeah, Yamamoto met the with the Giants today. Yamamoto? The Yankees uh, yesterday. He's going to meet with the Dodgers later this week. Uh, that's the only thing Why wouldn't he me, sign the with the Dodgers? Why wouldn't he sign with the Dodgers if Otani's there now? Because he Maybe because he wants to be a Yankee. That's the only thing I can think of. He wants you know, the pinstripes. That's the only thing I can tell you. I, if he, or doesn't want to live in his shadow. Or does, thinks, no, I could have my own thing going and have all Japan watching on my own. That's fair. I like that right? thinking. I like that thinking. Right? Hey, hello, you know New York. Yeah, 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 you New know York. what I mean, George? Because, no, dead serious. He goes to, the, like, it's the Otani show. But there's the comfort of playing with your friend, your teammate from the Japanese league. And, oh, yeah, by the way, a pretty damn good team with the Dodgers. And since Otani did this, I almost believe that it's been brought up. And now you go get my buddy Yamamoto now, right? And you have the money to do it. This is you why he did it. Talk, yeah, you and I was talking about the money. Remember I said like $240 million we were sort of kicking around? I read, George, so it's 300 three, <laughs> It's at least 300 It so might be more. What, six years, seven years, 50 mil a year type thing? I was thinking low forties, but that's We're seven getting crazy, eight years. Man, these baseball owners are getting crazy, huh? And he has a bidding war because not everybody could afford Otani, but people can afford Yamamoto. So the Dodgers He's are all 25. in. San Francisco were tired of missing out on this stuff, so San Francisco, the Giants probably offered him the three. He's not going to San Fran. <laughs> no, now with the Dodgers and Yankees involved, he's not going to San Fran. It seems it's, like it's a it's Dodgers, Dodgers Yankee Yankees war mess. right now. Yeah, it's, it seems like, from what I'm seeing over the last few hours, it seems like it's an old-fashioned Dodgers-Yankees war. I agree. I think the, the Mets could be in there as well. It's still New York, and Cohen can outbid both teams if he wants to. Uh, get the $400 million, which wouldn't shock me. He's 25 years old. This is not a 31-year-old. He's 25. There's some gamble there. He hasn't pitched here. You know, the Bulls are not a college guy that's been worn out either. They they manage right? their arms in Japan. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, like generally, I'm a cautious guy, generally, when it comes to I want the Yankees to sign him. I, I want him on the Yankees. Sure you I, do. Cole, Yamamoto, you hit Soto oh, and on, Judge. Here we go. This is Fortress. I am Gabriel Moretti. The Crimson Bars, the Hustlers, the people of Bustler, and everybody else in between. What a wild uh, weekend. Let's break it down. All the. Uh, Rageaholics in SoCal, the 50,000-watt juggernaut, the mightier 1090 in the house. Let's do it. Let's say we got George Kurtz with us just for a couple more moment, moments. Our boy Mo Khan's going to step up and in. So much stuff going on. Uh, George, wild night of football. And I don't know what it was this weekend. You know, everybody criticized the officials all the time in the National Football League, and rightfully so. 
But at the same point in time, man, there were a lot of close calls and judgment decisions. And does he have it? Doesn't he have it? Is it in bounds? Is he in a bounds? What a wild weekend of football, George. And it's only going to get crazier next week. Every week is almost like a playoff eliminator right now. Well, there are so many teams. We went over to earlier. So many teams that are still involved in the playoff chase. There are so many. It may look like a big game, but I think every game that you talk about on the Saturday schedule means something. All right, Pittsburgh was in Indianapolis means something. Cincinnati oh, means critical. something. Denver Detroit means something. It's it's going to be fun. Unfortunately, the Thursday night game, not so much, but hey, I guess we can't have everything. And the Al Michaels thing was great, by the way. There was a meme about him, about uh, you know, some guy with a cigarette in his mouth going, You've got to be kidding me. You know, uh, no Herbert, no uh, whatever the Raiders have for a quarterback. What a dull game that's going to be. Al Michaels must want to hang himself here. But a lot of quarterback injuries. It's probably the story of the year in the NFL game, all the injuries at quarterback. And some of the stories of the year, like Tommy DeVito, which just a great story. Kid lives at home with his parents still. Tommy Cutlets, we saw the family there tonight. People said, yeah, he's winning, but he hasn't beaten anybody. Well, I just beat one of the hottest teams in the National Football League in the Green Bay Packers. And and how about Jake Browning as well? Like, nobody saw this coming. I mean, dude, he's playing elite quarterback play. Just he couldn't play any better than he is, Jake Browning. I think they beat Minnesota Saturday. I think they keep this winning streak going here. And maybe they maybe they do get into a wild card. That Denver-Detroit game, man, I got to tell you, too, the Denver Broncos only one game back at the Kansas City Chiefs uh, suddenly. Although, is it the Kansas City Chiefs, George? Or, like, are they, I think I, we should rename them, the Kansas City Children. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency. Well, I got to tell you, man, If so everyone joining us right now, Ram Radio Affiliates, you guys pick up the last hour of the show in some markets because uh, there's live sports and stuff, and that's, it's always cool. Somebody told me early, 
Uh, never get upset if you're preempted for a live sporting event. It means you're on a good network. <laughs> so sometimes, you know what I mean, we're on a network and, you know, you got games and CSPN radio and, and all that type of stuff. But um, for those of you that listen to the, the entire three hours on Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Good Radio and uh, television networks, all of our television affiliates, you, you know, over the years, you guys have seen me. Normally, I don't know, like once a month or something. I don't. I don't fake this stuff. We could fake argue all the time, and it would be, you know, stupid. But once in a while, I'll, I'll really get into it. And you guys notice, oftentimes it'll be with George Kurtz, right? Teddy covers George Kurtz. Sometimes Merrill once in a while. A couple of times a year, me and Merrill will get into it. It's going to happen. But I didn't expect Cam Surge. So it wasn't me. It's the first time I've ever been referee on this show. <laughs> Normally, I'm the one that's, like, all, like, really mad. <laughs> Cam... Cam's face is getting red. I was like, he's going to start dropping F-bombs soon. Like, he's he's getting mad, mad, mad about it. <laughs> about the Dallas Cowboys not having a chance. So, George Kurtz, who just joined us, George Kurtz and the AM Radio Affiliates. You guys heard him for a couple minutes there. Kurtz, a lifelong Cowboy fan, loves the Cowboys. I asked Kurtz if he thinks that the Dallas Cowboys are now legitimate Super Bowl contenders due to how well they've been playing this year. And without hesitation, he said no, that he didn't think that they had a hope in hell of beating the San Francisco 49ers in a playoff game. A lot of stuff to break down, but let's open up with this with our boy Mo Khan, uh, play-by-play man, TSN statistician, uh, played college of football, wide receiver, Concordia, and uh, more Mo Khan in the house. So, Mo, wild weekend of football. Well, let's start off with the Dallas Cowboys. Are you buying into the Cowboys are legitimate Super Bowl contenders? Uh, talk to me at the end of December after they play Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit. We'll find out after those three games, Gabe, because they go to Buffalo next week, right? And they go to Miami. We'll know how they are because, remember, this is a team up until the Philly game last night. Hadn't been a team that was 500 or better until Seattle, but that was like a crappy Seattle Seahawks team. And they were 6-5 at the time. Yeah, That's right. So my question now for the Cowboys going into this next window of games in December is the momentum, right? Because Mike McCarthy was was the anti-Mike McCarthy in that Sunday win. Like, he was uber-aggressive in his play calling. Uh, he wanted to go for it from, from, from the jump. Kicking 60-yard field goals, which yeah. is pretty aggressive, final, actually. Right? Like, yeah, exactly, right? To the final blow of, of the whistle here. But the thing is, though, this Cowboy team, my question for them, though, is their health. Because, Gabe, when you think about it now, I've always told you this, the three factors that makes you win January football games into February is your running game, your defense, and your health. They have the defense. The running game could be a factor if, if they rely on that a little bit more. And the question will be the health. Because, Gabe, think about the O-line, right? It's been rather, rather healthy this season compared to years past. But if a guy gets hurt on the O-line, that will really hurt this Cowboy flow on offense going forward. I agree with you as far as the Cowboys. I take a wait-and-see approach with this football team still. They're, they look the part so far, right? They're very mm-hmm. similar, I guess, to the Texas Longhorns kind of. Like, all right, you're, 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 winning, you're winning games, but let's see you consistently do it against good teams. And I sort of feel the same way about the Philadelphia Eagles. I brought it up earlier, Mo. Like, if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles schedule last year, it was soft, bro. It was a Dairy Queen ice cream birthday cake. You know what I'm saying? And they took advantage of it, and they beat teams up, and they look great doing it. Once again, this year, to start the season, their schedule was pretty pretty soft, and it was a pretty easy schedule. Now, suddenly, boom, 
they've had to play the San Francisco 49ers. They played the Buffalo Bills. They played the Dallas Cowboys. What happens? Suddenly they start losing football games, right? And the wheels fall off. Like they're internal finger pointing, fans turning on them, out of sync, getting blown out in football games, not just losing, but getting blown out uh, in these uh, football games. And, um, you know, it, it's, I look at because of the schedule that they played. I think things soften up a little bit, but I don't think we can dispute that San Francisco are the class team. But San Francisco been the class team for the last five years, and stuff always happens, and they don't. They don't win the Super Bowl. They don't make it to the Super Bowl. Hard to believe, though, that they are, you know, I mean, I can't dispute it. They're the team to beat in the National Football League right now, Mo. I mean, we can't dispute it. Yeah, Gabe, on this Tuesday morning in in the East Coast, there's probably more questions about teams that we thought were legit contenders, right? Cowboys. Including the Miami Dolphins, which I want to get to. Right. Exactly. Kansas City, Miami, get Dallas Cowboys. Are they legit? Philadelphia, are they falling out behind the wayside? Detroit, where are they now? In the Pantheon, on the NFC. But when you look at the Niners right now, they have three things going for them. Defense, health, and running game. But again, you just don't know with Kyle Shanahan because he always has those glitches in January playoff football where they're up by 10 against the Rams in the fourth quarter and they lose by three, right? They lose by uh, to the Chiefs by whatever it was in the Super Bowl four or five years ago. So I just wonder from the play calling perspective for Kyle Shanahan in the crucial moments, can he make that clutch, uh, clutch decision? Because Michael McCarthy had that yesterday for the Cowboys over the Eagles, but there's no question right now that the Niners for today is the cream of the crop going towards the final four or five weeks of the regular season. But again, Gabe, we go into giant football, you flip a coin at that point because anyone can go on a streak and go to the Super Bowl and perhaps from the Lombardi in mid-February. And it's a great call as far as Shanahan is concerned. They had the Kansas City Chiefs on the ropes in the Super Bowl and let them off the hook. Los Angeles Rams in the conference championship game let them off the hook. Not to mention Shanahan was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons that blew the 28-3 lead, the ultimate, the all-time let them off the hook uh, moments. You have to wonder if, like, at some point something changes uh, for them. Now, as long as we'll get into the Titans and the Dolphins game on the other side with Mo Cod, but you brought up Detroit. Massive game for the Detroit Lions this Saturday. So primetime television Saturday night. Denver Broncos, a red-hot Bronco team that is amazingly only one game behind the Chiefs for first place right now in the AFC West. Hard not to believe that the Detroit Lions are frauds. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, are things going to get better or worse for the Lions, in your opinion? Because it seems to me that as soon as they've had to deal with some pressure, where, okay, we're actually good, we need to win these games, they're they're not doing it. What do you think about the Lions, and what do you think about this game against the Broncos this Saturday? I was going to ask you the question, Gabe. What was our worst loss, the Lions losing to the Bears or Miami losing to Tennessee tonight? Because those are two crushing losses for that top two but seed I guess we can, going forward. We can, this is the theme, isn't it? Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Like Steelers losing yeah. to, to the Arizona Cardinals, right, and losing these football games. As big favorites, that's just been the theme. But I guess we shouldn't be shocked, Mo. If you're a six and six team, or you're a five and six team, and you're in that realm, I guess it's because you're not very good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like I think Saturday, the, the key for this Lions team is playing clean on the offense, right? Jared Goff has been okay. You go back to Thanksgiving when we lost to the Packers; he was erratic. 
Like he hasn't been smooth, right? Even even the first Bears game that they had in Detroit when they had to come back from behind to win that football game, this offense has not been smooth. And I think what it comes down to is the health. Uh, the running game was what won early on. They had clutch plays, and that's what they've been lacking so far, Gabe, in this last half of the schedule, that they've not made a clutch play on defense. Whereas you think back to week one against Kansas City, right? Kadarius Tony, yeah. they went through his hands. They had a pick six going the other way. They had clutch plays from their defense that won them football games or put them in position to win football games, but now they're not making that big it play. So I just think for this game against the Broncos on Saturday, can the offense be stabilized by playing simple, clean football? And can they harass Russell Wilson? How the Houston Texans harassed Wilson two weeks ago uh, when they went down to Houston. So I just think for the Lions, they're definitely the favorites, but I just think they have to play cleaner than what they've been so far this season. Yeah, the defense needs to help the offense out a little bit. And Mo is right. The Detroit Lion offense just isn't in sync. It's more than just Jared Goff. Guys really aren't getting open. Drop passes have been a problem for them as well. Right, just sort of, you know, the they make the easy plays look hard, Detroit. This is sports rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. What a wild weekend. I still like, there's just so much stuff. You got the Otani deal and, oh, it's deferred and how much of it. And there's just so much stuff going on right now in the world of sports and the football world. It, we sort of took a little bit of a college football lull. Uh, Jane Daniels, of course, won the Heisman over the weekend. But um, bowl season begins this Saturday. The uh, The FCS playoffs have been very entertaining, wild stuff uh, there. But as far as the National Football League is concerned, Wow, that's all we can say. So the New York Giants win the, the, the two quarter, but the winning quarterbacks tonight. Mo Khan with us, TSN statistician, and more. Mo, the two winning quarterbacks uh, tonight. One guy who lives with his parents still, and another guy who drinks uh, coffee with uh, mayonnaise in it. So Will Levis wins the football game tonight, and Tommy DeVito is now three and one as a starter. But let's start off with the Miami Dolphins losing to the Tennessee Titans as thirteen and a half point favorites. I believe coming into tonight's football game that the Miami Dolphins were poised to get home field. Everything was lighting up perfectly for them. 
I didn't think, I, I didn't lay 13 and a half points, but I am shocked that they lost this football game tonight. I don't like judging a team on one loss, on one game, but what's your take on the Dolphins losing tonight? And to me, it's pretty devastating because this opens up the door for the Baltimore Ravens to get home field. No, no question. It opens up the door for the Baltimore Ravens to get them one spot. It opens up the number two seed, right, for Jacksonville and Kansas City to kind of jump up in there. And the Dallas Cowboys game will have an influence and on the AFC kept, East. Kept the, kept the Buffalo Bills alive, too. Sorry, but let me just yeah, jump in. The Buffalo Bills yeah. went out. They win a division now. Now they right. have and an and eye. Like, what, they're like, wow, we weren't out. We were actually <laughs> winning a division. <laughs> right. And, and that's why the Cowboys will have a big say because they'll play the Bills and the Miami Dolphins the next couple weeks here. And that could determine the fate and who can get the one spot in the division going towards the final couple weeks of the regular season. But what was shocking today, Gabe, was that without Jeffrey Simmons in the lineup, the Tennessee Titans had five sacks of Tua Tagovailoa. You know, and, and they've done a really good job. And I know Miami's been banged up in the old line the last few weeks here. But the Dolphins have done a really good job scheming up to protect Tagovailoa. And you saw the value of Tyreek Hill with him not in the game from quarters two and three and wasn't fully healthy going towards the fourth quarter and what his value is, right? He opens up so many more doors for that offense to be much more explosive than he lacked. And they went dink and dunk at times here. And you said, you saw it. The Titans defense said, all right, we're going to lock up man-to-man with your pass catchers. Let's see you beat us with your arm. And Tua Tagovailoa couldn't do so. And even though they gave up some yards on the, on the ground game, they didn't care. They knew that they had him dead to rights with that front four controlling the narrative in that football game, especially in that fourth quarter in the final five minutes of that football game. Mo Khan uh, kicking it uh, with us. Unbelievable. As, as, as Mo stated, that was the biggest surprise. I thought for sure Miami were going to kick the field goal. They left way too much time on the clock. Number one, I thought Henry should have taken a knee at the goal line, and they should have right. milked the clock. They left all that time for Miami, but they came up with a defensive stop on fourth and two which was just super impressive. And, you know, the ever-evolving and shifting NFL uh, playoff standings uh, right now, wildcard chase, it's on. It's real. And the Green Bay Packers lose to the New York Giants tonight. This Tommy DeVito story, I said earlier, you made a movie about a dude that played for the Eagles in Invincible. You've made movies about dudes that, like, you know, teachers that threw a pitch in big league baseball or whatever. There's a lot of Disney sport movies out there, you know what I'm saying, of of dudes that did something in the sports world, and it's an incredible story. But to me, this I don't see how you don't. I mean, I'd go all out, actually, and deal with his uh, comically-dressed agent and get a reality show. Like if Snooki and uh, the Jersey Shore can get it done, you know, why not have the DeVito household? Living with the DeVitos. See, I'm giving them an idea right now. <laughs> Living with the DeVitos, mom, dad, the Cutlets, Tommy, Sean Stiletto is the agent here. Here he is. So for the record, his buddy is his, his age. That's his agent. Sean Stiletto is his name. But he's now 3-1. and one, And everybody said, well, he hadn't won against a good team. And look at the teams that they were playing. The Giants are another one. Have not quit on the season. They probably should have as far as the draft is concerned, Mo. But what did you think of the Giants win tonight? What a difference it was, bro, that they missed that two-point conversion at the end of Packers. Right. I was more impressed with the DeVito pregame tailgate food spread he had. I don't know if you saw that. I saw the MetLife Stadium. Yeah. They had like a 10-yard-long like food spread of, of incredible like meats out there. But, I thought uh, it was I don't all Giant anyway. fans. That was his family. That was just his That's, family. Yeah, they, they rolled, man. There was they like 300 of them. 
Right, and I think like this game was set early on here. Jordan Love was never comfortable in the pocket. Like, Kayvon Thibodeau had a really good game. That front four really uh, made things difficult for the Packers front five. And quite frankly, uh, this Packer office was never in sync. A lot of drop balls, uh, miscommunication on how the route was supposed to be run at certain times. And Jordan Love did not read the field well. And, and Wink Martindale had a really good game plan where he blitzed in the right moments against Jordan Love. And that opened it up for the, for the Giants' office to say, hey, we can run the ball well, Saquon Barkley, which they did to an extent with the, with the red zone offense. But more importantly, though, this, this DeVito character, okay, you know what he reminds me of, Gabe? Rich Gannon, dink and dunk offense, keep it simple, keep it smart, and make those easy throws. And that's what he did. He, Rich Gannon, the Green Bay Packers in the fourth quarter, and when it opened up, he got the big play right down the sideline. Didn't Rich Gannon win an MVP once? He did. did, did. (laughs) But Gannon, same parallels, right? They sort of the unknown quarterback that kind of have to go through the back rows to get to where they are. I'm not saying he's going to become Rich Gannon for the next five years, but he has that type of skill set where he's not a power arm thrower. Uh, or, or passer. He just makes completions. And that's what he does really well for this Giants offense. And look, Gabe, no, Darren Wall has been banged up the entire season, right? Saquon Barkley has not been fully healthy. They don't have any dynamic playmakers uh, for to be able to throw to. And I just think it's much more impressive what he's doing now for this Giants team than what, what it is before. And look, I'm not saying they're going to make a run here for a playoff spot, but they still have an outside chance if they can put together some wins in a row before they play the Eagles twice in the final three weeks of the season. That's their problem that they have the Eagles on the schedule, but we've you know we've got a lot of giant fans obviously out of New York on the network, and our boy MC Betts, Mike Carney, great guy, who's at the game tonight, and um, he's got Devito fever and he's enjoying the run and stuff, but <laughs> the teams that they play are all ahead of them, right? So like it's one of those deals like if you're the Giants, okay, you don't really want to look at the standings, but just keep winning and. You know, and lo and behold, who's up next? Well, the New Orleans Saints are up next, right? A team that uh, ahead of them. Problem is, they get the Eagles and they get the Rams. I guess that's good news, bad news. Because the Rams are another one. So as it is right now, even though the Packers lost right now, guys, you figure it would have been more devastating due to the extremely complicated nature of the NFL tiebreakers. <laughs> but we go from head to head, conference record. Right, so due to the tiebreakers, the Green Bay Packers are still the seventh seed right now, Mo. So for everybody tuning in, San Francisco is the one seed. If the playoffs started this weekend, the Green Bay Packers would visit Dallas. Uh, Green Bay at Dallas. Minnesota Vikings would play the Detroit Lions. In Detroit, the Philadelphia Eagles would be in Tampa. I get the feeling that that bracket is going to change a bit, similar to the AFC. The Ravens are now the one seed. The Colts are hanging on to the seventh seed right now. They would visit Miami. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the sixth seed as of right now. They would play the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Cleveland Browns are a five seed right now. They would play the Jacksonville Jags, who they just beat over the weekend. But, Mo, the Colts and Steelers are playing each other this weekend. So one of them, if not both of them, like, how do you think this plays out? Because the Bengals aren't in the playoffs right now, but they're playing good football. Jake Brown is getting it done. The Bills are still in the mix here. The Colts and Steelers, they're going to lose a game. How do you throw, Who do you like in a Colts and Steelers game? When Mitch Trubisky has uh, right. been named the starter. Yeah, and, and Trubisky took a beating on Thursday Night Football, right, and the lack of uh, cutting edge on offense that they, they couldn't do against the Patriots. 
But I, I wonder for the Colts, though, how consistent can they be? Because they, too, are banged up, Gabe, right? They, they're, they're running games and banged up all season long. Shane Steich has done wonders, right, playing with what he has on his deck right now for what he's built up. And I just think in this football game, Pittsburgh has a chip on the shoulder. I think that with the way they've been playing on defense, they can definitely carry that load for them. But all they need from their offense, if they can get this from them, is 17 points. You get them 17 points, Pittsburgh wins this game on the weekend here to kind of ease the flames that has been thrown towards Mike Tomlin and towards this organization for how poor they've been the last couple of weeks. But I just want to know how well can second game plan with this offense. Will he keep it more simple? Will it be more dynamic? Because, again, this Pittsburgh defense has played well, but it's all on what the, their defense, Colts defense, will do against the Pittsburgh offense on the weekend because, quite frankly, we all know if Pittsburgh were to lose this football game, it'll just up the ante and say, hey, is Mike Thomas still the man for this job as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers? And I think it's ridiculous that Tomlin gets questioned every year all the time. It's like the annual let's question Tomlin. But my you know, I don't know. Did Tomlin really want Pickett? Which I think he kinda did, actually. That's so that's somewhat of a problem. But I think if you look yeah, at the quarterback the situation that they have there. But I don't think it's Tomlin's issue. But I think the Colts beat him. I think Minshew will find a way. I think the Colts just have that they have a spark right now. I think Pittsburgh are falling apart and Indy are sort of battling. The wheels fell off for them in Cincinnati. Um, in the second half, in the fourth quarter. But I think the Colts show up, man. I think their stadium's going to be rocking. Um, I think there's something, you know, they, they, they're playing with house money. All the pressure's on the Steelers, right? They're the ones with the pressure all the time, Steeler Nation and all that. The Colts are playing with house money. I like teams that are playing with nothing to lose. The Vikings and the Bengals, the Jake Browning story's been unbelievable. We're coming up against it here, Mo. And we got, I want to get some college football, but um, we got to get into the Joe Flacco. Like I said, it's what a fascinating quarterback scenario in the NFL that we have right now, guys. Like I said, you've got guys that are living at home with their parents, and then you've got guys like Joe Flacco that won a Super Bowl a million years ago that said, I was watching football on my mom's couch a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> a lot of people hang out with their moms. <laughs> now he's throwing touchdown passes in the NFL again. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen 
gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi, the pitch, the players, the hustlers, and people to bust up, and everybody else uh, in between, including our boy Mo Khan uh, in the house. A lot of stuff uh, to get to still this evening. Quickest 180 minutes of Sports Talk Radio continuing, but uh, Mo, got to ask you about the um, the offside heard around the world and uh, Patrick Mahomes' temper tantrum and a little, as um, I said earlier, we should rename the Kansas City children instead of the Chiefs. That was pretty pathetic in which they actually, you know, have the audacity to say it's an embarrassment for the NFL that that happened. And I find it as well, fine. We, you know, we I say this all the time. They call a holding penalty. And it's like, you know, it had nothing to do with the play, right? But it was still holding. Um, when the Buffalo Bills lost to the Broncos a couple of weeks ago, they had 12 men on the field for their field goal. All right. Did it affect the play? No. The kick went in still. Should the Bills have won the game still? No. Right? They had 12 men on the field. I don't know what part of, like, rules or rules that the Kansas City Chiefs don't get. And one thing I thought Orlovsky did a great job today, he often does, uh, but Dan did a great job in which he highlighted basically that Tony was offside pretty much every time, okay? So some people want to defend that in a sense that, well, he was offside all day and they never called it. No. And Orlovsky even showed past games. Tony lines up offside all the time, bro. And he gets a little advantage and a little head start because of it. CFL style, you know the style, Mo, right? You take off a little early, they ain't going to call it. And why did they call it that time? Because it was so egregious this time. Like, he was lined up so far offside that they had to call it. What's your take on it? That was the right call, Gabe. Like, in football, when you play in minor league football, it's a professional. When you're telling you formations, right, and how to learn plays, they will go, Terry Kill, you're on the line. You let the referee know you're on the line. And the referee will tell you, hey, you're good. Move back a little, move up a little bit. The referee will always tell you that, Gabe. That is a rule of thumb. Yeah, but you got to ask him. It's NFL. not the ref's job to tell you. You got to ask him. No, and Tony did no, not ask gotta, him. Tony never right, checked and, once during the game with the referee once all day, bro. Right. Right, and the thing is, you have to look at the referee, point at the referee, am I good? And he or she will tell you, yes, you're good, or move on. Yeah, but isn't it the quarterback's job, too, to look up? And I, you know, hypothetically, in pros, they're supposed to know where they are, but the QB is supposed to notice, too, that, hey, my wide receiver's offside. Yeah, I know, but there's so much much going on, right? They assume the responsibility that that the referee, oh, sorry, the receiver knows that, hey, I'm on the line, I got to look at the referee and get the confirmation I'm good or not. Yes or no, we move forward. But look, Kadarius Tony, look, I'm not looking at that play as being the win all end all for the for the Chiefs that day. But you look at that game, Gabe. The Buffalo Bills mucked it up. They mucked it up and they had again. to go ugly to beat the Chiefs. And 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 again, right? And and this is the first time that Mahomes lost to the same team in Arrowhead three times in his career. And I just think in this situation, this is a perfect McDermott game that he wanted. It wasn't going to be a 50-40 to 40 final score. It was what it was on Sunday afternoon. And it, it was not solid points. It was going to be ugly points that's going to win that football game. And they got it. And, Gabe, think about this, the final drive, right? I've questioned this Buffalo Bills pass rush all season long. They showed up in that final five minutes. They played well. Von Miller harassed 
um, uh, Mahomes at times here. Uh, you look at the interior push they got, right, from Ed Miller and from that quartet of guys that they had inside the line here. They played well, and that's the reason why they won that football game because that front four and that front seven was much better than what they were in weeks past. Mo Khan uh, kicking it with us. So much to get to. So, Mo, we got the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys. Weather really won't be a factor, similar situation. Weather wasn't a factor in Kansas City, but it was still a a lower-scoring game. But when you said they mucked it up, you meant, yeah, they ran the ball a bit. They played smash ball. They played good defense. They really did. The Bills' defensive line did a much better job than they've done in the past. They played like a team that knew their season was was on the line. But now they get the Dallas Cowboys – uh, this week, and James Cook has looked good, right? When they, and they they get away from it to sometimes, even with Brady, it wasn't just Dorsey. They'll look good running the ball, and they'll get away from it a bit. They'll rely on Josh a bit too much, but Cook can be a difference maker. But they're really getting Dallas at the best possible time here, coming off a big win against a division rival. There's all the hype about Dak for the MVP and stuff. Now Buffalo still need to go out on the field and win the football game, but I think they're catching Dallas at a good spot. It's interesting, Mo. The Buffalo Bills were two-point favorites before the football game last night. So there was an advanced line. Dallas looked so good last night. The linesmakers didn't move the number. I thought, you know what? People are going to say Dallas looks so good. Yeah, they, should, they shouldn't be two-point underdogs. People like Buffalo in this spot. People think Buffalo are a dangerous team right now. And they are. Uh, who do you like in this game? I like Buffalo. I, I picked Buffalo last week to be the Chiefs. I'm picking Buffalo again this week. I think they're in playoff mode right now, Gabe. We were talking off there uh, about their stadium in Buffalo. That turf isn't a fast turf. The Cowboys love fast artificial surfaces to play on, right? They, so far, since 2022, I think they're 20-1 in the artificial surfaces that they played on in Dallas or somewhere that's fast enough. And again, the weather won't be a factor, but the winds will be a factor. Gabe. You know that, and I know that in Orchard Park, how that plays out. So the question is for the Dallas Cowboys that as aggressive as they were against the Eagles on Sunday Night Football, does McCarthy go with a more conservative approach and try to establish a running game and, and kind of lessen the load on Dak Prescott to throw the ball maybe 40, 50 times in this football game, even though CeeDee Lamb has played well, even though the Bills are banged up in the back for their secondary. So this thing from McCarthy's perspective here, will the ratio be heavier on the run than it will be in the pass? And if it is heavier on the run, then I think this plays right into the Bills' hands that they can win this football game at home. You know, it's interesting, and I just quickly punched this in here right now. Jason Garrett, of all people, has pointed this out about the Cowboys and be on grass and on turf. Say what you will about Garrett. He's a smart, smart guy. I know he was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And he was talking about how it really affects their defense, the Cowboys' defense, yeah. their defensive linemen on, on thicker grass. And the numbers don't lie. Here it is. Jason Garrett made a point that the Cowboys' defense is worse on real grass than on turf. On grass, uh, EPA per play allowed, 0.047, 20th best. On turf, second best. See the difference? Defensively, they're ranked 20th or second. Difference on grass. Takes away their speed, bro. Hopefully the Buffalo Bills are smart enough to know this. If we're idiots and we know this, Mo, let the grass grow this week. They're a little thicker, Mo, like Soldier Field used to do in the old days. Nice and thick. Nice, thick grass this week. (laughs) Well, the Bills have an artificial surface, I believe, right? They go on on on. Well, it's one trip, of those right? fake sort of, I don't know, like hybrid right. type it, of. I think it's real it's sort dead. of, but it's fake, <laughs> real not, but who knows anymore? It, with it, it, with their... dead, Gabe, I, I would I would actually water the turf down. 
and make it waterlogged, right? Like you can do that. I know that it, they have drainage systems and all that stuff, but I think if you waterlog it, it can make things difficult. But again, Spray these Cowboys team, exactly right. But this Cowboy team, you're right. They're they're on cloud nine right now that they could be your number one seed if it falls into place. But now you go on the road, and this is a chance for Dak Prescott to say. I am the NFL MVP because if he does go to Orchard Park and win that football game convincingly, he probably wins the NFL MVP game because now he now we're going to see the real deal. Yeah, he's knocking Prescott, on the right? door now. Yeah, he's knocking on the door. He wants that big payday as well. Him, Mika Parsons, and C. Lamb are all going to get paid this off season or next off season, whatever it is. So for Dak right now, if he can put up those monster numbers uh, as he's done throughout the course of this season, he will be your NFL MVP. But this is going to be a fun game to watch because for Mike McCarthy, as I said before. If he goes run heavy, right? If he goes run heavy, can he establish that front to open up the passing game, which would be massive for this Cowboy offense if he can get the running game going early in this matchup? I think Lamar Jackson is being underlooked as far as MVP. Incredible performance once again, carrying that team on his back, constant injuries to that offense. Lamar is having a great year. Thing with the Baltimore Ravens is Either Lamar gets hurt, and or they haven't had a lot of postseason success. And 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 you know, with with Lamar and this sort of team, they often lose that first playoff game. They have a hard time in the playoffs. People sort of know what they they're going to run. I think this year is a little bit different. We see the the difference of having Odell there, the difference of having uh, Zay Flowers there, even with Mark Andrews being out. Um, okay, Mo. Before we get you out of here. College football playoff is around the corner. Well, the playoffs have started. I enjoyed the Idaho-Albany game, U-Albany the other night, and all these yeah. games going on. But we got the bowl season coming up. But interesting, um, FanDuel has posted advanced numbers, Mo, for a hypothetical national championship game. So uh, for everybody tuning in, I think it's an interesting, uh, interesting uh, numbers here. Alabama versus Texas. Alabama, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Alabama versus Washington. Alabama would be six-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Texas versus Michigan. Despite the fact that, uh, let's remember, guys, the national championship game is in Houston, Texas. Michigan, minus three-point favorites over the Texas Longhorns. Michigan versus Washington. Michigan, seven-point favorites, Mo, over the Washington Huskies. Huskies get no respect. No, they're, they're, they're viewed as the fourth-best team, though they're going to be the second seed in the playoffs over your game. But I think those numbers would be correct and accurate. But I'm surprised, though, because, again, you made the point. They're playing this in H-Town, right? That's literally an hour-and-a-half drive from Austin to Houston for this football game. And if UT were to make it into that, into that final against whoever they would have at that point, whether it would be Alabama or Michigan, um, I would make this a lot smaller of the point spread because I think Texas does have this dude on offense to really score points and go punch for punch. And that defense game, remember, Steve Sarkeesian, when he got hired by Texas a few years ago, his mandate was to get bigger and better on the front seven, and he's accomplished that right now, and they go too deep across the board right now. So this defense has not been given the proper respect. I think they're much better than what people anticipate. So I think Texas could be the team to watch out for going towards the Final Four. And Texas will have a, a mini travel advantage after, guys. They're playing in New Orleans, which is a short trip. And hypothetically, they win. They'll be back home. and They'll be sleeping at home the same night. If you're Alabama or Michigan, kind of a challenge either way. You could decide to say, all right, you know what? We'll go right from the Rose Bowl. We'll stay here for a couple of days. And then we'll just go to Houston, which I imagine will be the plan. 
Or do they say, you know what, we're going to go home and we'll go to Houston later. We'll go to Houston on Friday or something, whatever. So either way, you're flying back and forth and or you're on the road for two weeks, essentially. So either way, it's not an ideal situation. I, I think it's stupid the way they don't play the games, Mo, for like three and a half, a month or whatnot, three and a half weeks or a month. And then we play the championship game like a week later. Like they're not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like oh, if so anything, too, you should play, you should, if anything, we should play these semifinals. Should play the semifinals. I would do it, Mo. There'd be two weeks in between both. Like I would have the semifinals this weekend, and then right. boom. All right, we're gonna see you New Year's Day or New Year's the thirtieth or whatever, and we're gonna play the final in two weeks. That's how I would do it. Yeah, and this this I believe would be on a short week because they're playing New Year's Day, right? Which is a Monday, right? So yeah. you're lo- and you then lose out on a Monday again. Day. Right. Yeah, so the Tuesday they're gonna be all day. beat up, bro. The next day they're hot right. tub beat up and stuff. And then Wednesday, like it's yeah. Meanwhile, Texas, if they win, they'll just be right there waiting. It's it's. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, but like I told, like I told you two weeks ago, Gabe. Right, these matchups, Alabama, Michigan, will be probably the highest viewed game for the Rose Bowl in in a long time because you got two blue bloods going at it on the West Coast and and passing. You'll be there, Gabe. The weather should hopefully be nice that day. And if it is, Gabe, and it comes down to that final drive. It'll be fun to watch the Rose Bowl on that New Year's Day uh, live on TV. I know it's cliche, man, but kicking and turnovers. But I really think that the field goal kickers could have a big impact on this football game. Three points here, miss field goal. Yeah, special teams. Let's call it special teams. Because they're so evenly matched, right? uh, Miss field goal here. Nice punt there. Thank you, Mo. Great stuff as always. Always, guys. Be good. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Quickest 100 minutes of sports talk and television is done. We're in a three-minute warning right now. We should uh, let you know a programming alert. 
we will not be on tomorrow night. It is not our, um, it is not in our control. But uh, once a year, there's the annual Sports Grid uh, Christmas party, and uh, everybody works very, very hard uh, behind the scenes and uh, works like long hours. Takes like a long time to get home after. Like New York's not an easy place to travel around in. So uh, we appreciate all the work that uh, people do behind the scenes. And um, so once a year, basically, everybody gets blasted in New York City for a Christmas party. Now, I saw I saw that um, they're going to compensate uh, people. So they basically said, save your, save your receipts if you're traveling into the party and or after because they don't want people, like, uh, drinking and driving, et cetera. I was, I was thinking about flying in, even though it's, like, 3,600 miles. I'd say I'm going to bill them for it. Who <laughs> said, well... You guys said to provide, you know, a receipt for the travel. But um, so, listen, we'll see everybody in uh, in Las Vegas, but we're on the West Coast, so everybody on the, on the New York side of things have a great time at the party. And uh, so no sports rage uh, tomorrow night. We'll be back. I'll be on with Scott Farrell tomorrow afternoon at 325 uh, Eastern, 1225 Pacific with my best bets of the day. And uh, we'll be back uh, Wednesday. It's bowl season starting on uh, Saturday. So we're going to have a bunch of bowl games to break down when we're back on Wednesday. And the countdown to kickoff is on uh, right now. Really cool time of the year as far as football is concerned. The NFL standings are lit. They're whacked. Like, you know, you hit refresh and they change after every one of these games. Thursday night football is pretty anticlimactic, but no shock there, right? Let's call it out for what it is. We have the Chargers and the Raiders on Thursday night uh, football. But we've got three games on Saturday. I'm always a fan of the uh, the near Christmas Saturday games. The Minnesota Vikings and the Bengals at 1 o'clock Eastern. The Steelers and the Colts at 4.30 Eastern. And the Denver Broncos are at Motown Saturday night against the Lions at 8.15. We'll break it down. So we'll see you on the Pharrell Show. Great to have Scotty back. Shout out to our boy, Matty George. Great job uh, tonight. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.